Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're here. Today we're going to dive into a phenomenal book called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. It was published in 2016, so it's been out for a while. Um, So you might have even heard about it because she was instrumental in kind of bringing forth this idea of grit back into the forefront um, even for some educational things. Is that correct? Like, I, I th- I'm hearing a lot more of her, this word coming up in um, some curriculum and different things like that. Yes, it's edu- always linked with stamina. Okay. So uh, it's uh, grit, and she says in her book, is more about stamina than intensity. So it's, you know, and in here, and then this, I think there was another book that a, a man wrote about raising kids with grit. And, and here's where they started to discover that you should not praise your kids uh, saying they're smart, they're beautiful, but praise effort instead. Yes. Because the, the, the thing is, if you say, oh, you're so smart, you're so smart, you're so smart. And then, then they come up against an obstacle where it, they make a C or something. Then it's like, well, I'm not smart. I lost my they, identity. They don't know yeah. where to go from there. But if you mm-hmm. say, oh, you've been working so hard. I love how hard you're working. Duh, duh, duh. Well, then they can come, they can make a C and it's, it doesn't matter if they worked hard to get that. And actually so, when they make a C, she goes through that in her book and she talks about a kid that makes a C says, what did I, what can I do to improve this? Yes. And they're all about improvement because she says uh, at, at the very beginning of the book, she said, as much as talent counts, effort counts twice as much. So you can be talented. And we all know that, you know, the people that are uh, throwing that football, playing in the symphony and all that, they have talent, but they mm-hmm. also had a lot of effort. Well, she also said our potential is one thing. What we do with it is quite another. So that's the same thing. I think we all yeah. know people who were extremely talented who didn't do anything with it. Well, in fact, if things come easy for you, you know, sometimes when you do hit that wall, and we are going to hit that wall sooner or later, you will have a, a bad day. Well, if, if you've hit walls before, and I see this in education a lot, the kids that first, second grade, because I get them in third grade, if kindergarten, first and second held no challenge for them, and they get that challenge in third grade, they they kind of don't know what to do but Mm -hmm. then the gritty kids that have been trying hard the whole time they just keep going yes so and and they usually have really good comprehension you know so you've been like you you're the one that introduced me to this book where where did you hear about it well actually she had a ted talk okay and I think Tennille may have told me to watch the TED Talk. And then on the TED Talk, they said that she had a book and um, all that. And I had I had just read Susan Cain's book on uh, the power of quiet or being quiet and all that. And I was like, wow. Okay, so you know how one book kind of links you to another? Yes. And, and so, man, and then I started underlining 
this was before I read Dr. Lee's book. So there's a lot of underlining in my <laughs> book instead of circling. But I was just like amazed at how it's just commonsensical uh, information you would think. But as I, in education, it's not there. This common sense approach, it's not there. Cause you, you want to give, they give prizes for everything and see like a good example is the spelling test that people give on Friday. Okay. So it's not even supposed to be 20 words, but let's just say it is, it should be like a lower number, but let's say it's 20 words. And let's say that, uh, Sue, she, she knew all 20 of them on Monday when you gave the pretest. So she's going to make a hundred because mm-hmm. she already knew. And let's say Tom, he missed all but two. And then on Friday he gets 12, right? Well, who learned the most words? Yeah. Tom, Tom did. I mean, he increased by 10. She didn't increase by anything, mm-hmm. but, but yet she's going to get accolades, you know, and, and he's going to think he's not smart. Yeah. And that's how education works. I mean, someone asked me the other day, uh, cause I said, looping has gotten really good, uh, research based. Uh, they say, if you loop with a kid, that means all that means is having the same teacher for two years. It really, and you had that I basically, did. Yes. It, you had it twice, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, that might explain it because I had your class in third grade. I had them again in fourth grade. I had to get, I had to teach fifth grade stuff. You, fourth grade stuff was not challenging to you guys at all. So I had to, to make it gritty, which I always wanted my students to be gritty. I, to make it a challenge, you, I had to go up. And they're saying looping. And they've said this for years, that schools ought to be looping. It helps the kids. But guess what? Teachers don't want to do that. I mean, there's exactly. a few. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's not the prevalent way to teach at all. Well, even I mean, self, I mean, there's research, a lot of research that shows that self-contained um, is, is better than switching classes and all that. And like my kids, I think they only have self-contained up until second grade. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, I can't imagine at third. I just feel like that's so young. And, and they're also after COVID, they're seeing that problem too. I mean, it's even more, more compounded after that. So yeah, we need to work on relationships and uh, the healthy, healthy challenge. And that's what she's about. Angela Duckworth, she wants it to be. And that's where that balance comes from as a parent and a teacher. You want it to be challenging. You don't, but you don't want it to be too challenging. Mm-hmm. And that is just like salt. You put salt in your, you got to have salt in there, you know, but you don't want too much, too much salt. But, and in there, she says, enthusiasm is common. It's pretty easy to be excited. But she says endurance is rare. It's true. I think that's paramount right there. Which is funny because that kind of connects with our words for the year. Yours was centimeter and mine was build, which is kind of that endurance. It connects with that. I I think that is just so vital. And I I know for me, just trying to get that, like, it's, it's not this big event that happens once. Like a breakthrough is not a, a big event that happens once. Breakthrough is a series of choices, of small choices that you make along the way, but that's a different mindset. And I love that she's bringing that out. Like that it's not, you know, it's not this major event. It's what your life is made up of daily things. What are you doing daily? What are your so habits? True. Yeah. Well, in there, she tells you about how you have to have, you have to have this in, and I'm, I'm not seeing as much of this as we need to in, in our children, because I don't know if we have this intrinsic, intrinsic, 
you need to have intrinsic motivation, not mm. extrinsic. So mm. you need to be interested. Uh, like 20 years ago, uh, kids could ask questions and wonder about things more than now. And I and Dr. Lee says that's because they just Google everything. So there's no need to wonder. So that's kind of taking the wonder out of it. Mm-hmm. And then she says you need to practice daily. Uh, the discipline of trying to do better, trying to improve. That's why in my class, I have a super improver board. So when I put SI, I don't give candy, but I get, I put an SI on your paper and that means you get a super improver. And if you get 10 of those, you level up and um, that's just whole brain teaching. <laughs> and that guy does all of that is for free. He, he doesn't even, uh, I mean, it's all Chris Biffle. Whole brain teaching. It's all the resources that he has. He puts them out there for free. He wants it to be free. That's awesome. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Wholebraintteaching.com or something? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, 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 in there, he said, it's about improving. It's not about who can do. And who are you? You're trying to beat you. Exactly. And that's what it should be about. I'm not trying to. So Tom should try to beat Tom. So if he, back to the spelling test. If he got a, if he learned 10 words, then the next Friday, let's try to learn 12 mm-hmm. and give Sue some more words or different words or something. You know, it, it's not working that way. So, and number three, he, she says is purpose. Uh, it has to matter what you do, you know? And the fourth one is hope. Keep going. Even when things are looking, I mean, they look difficult. They are difficult. You just keep going. So, I mean, to me that she has a little grit test. Do you remember the grit test? Did you yes, take it? I did. And on this grit test, it's simple. 10 questions. I mean, it's, it's easy to take the grit test. And then you answer, uh, five to one, I think on each one. So I'm, I'm like, well, how gritty are you? And then of course, you know me, I had to take the test, but, and, and it just starts about like, do you get distracted easy? Do you, you know, you can, Sometimes people say, well, I don't, I don't like this book. And what that means, that book's too hard. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, this book's challenging, it, they just kind of, oh, I'm not interested in this. And you said one time, was that from Gretchen Rubin book? Uh, you said that I'm a starter and you're a finisher, so we work well together. We do, because the our, so right now we're reading uh, East of Eden, and it was so hard for me to start it. I had it on my nightstand for a while. And you're, you're already deep into it. And I was just like, I, I have not even started, but once I get into it, I finish well, like I've, you know, once I get into it, I will, I can't hardly put it down. So. Yeah. And and it's hard for me if it gets ugly and there's an ugly person in there. So now I don't even want to read it. I'm like, Oh, she's terrible. So now but But we help each other because, because I know, I know that that outside pressure of you reading it, has was like okay I, I so I have started it you know because I'm like I need to get going because of that so that you help me start these books and I feel like I help you finish them because then I'm like keep going yeah so we're it putting Angela's we're putting her advice to work yes know? but I, I'm thinking that uh when in any situation when you want if you want a kid or yourself to have grit you need to do something hard and she also talks about doing it for a year like like if you're really wanting to build grit with your kids and things like that, they need to do something for a year. So you like whatever, you know, could be dance or, you know, a a music class or a sport or anything like that. 
do it for a solid year and then and then you can if you don't like it you can change it but doing stuff like that is she said helps develop grit so think of all the things that you've done for a year or more you know and that all of that has helped grow your grit score well and i and i think you're right about because somewhere in that the mix of that she says don't quit on a bad day coach yells at you and you quit how many does that happen the boss yells at you and you quit or something she says don't quit on a bad day that's probably my biggest quote i take away from this book that i've used with on my family yeah we don't and i'm we don't quit on a bad day and that just that eliminates so much you know because then it's off the table it's like well okay well you can't you can't quit when you were all all emotional and about something that happened so and and we need to uh you know, like I, I think authors and um, people that have to submit something, they have a lot more grit than your average person. Because in, in her book, she talks about this cartoonist and how and we've all heard stories like even Walt Disney was rejected saying he had no mm-hmm. creativity. Well, this guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, he, he his name's Bob Mankoff. He was a cartoonist and he wanted to get a cartoon in The New Yorker rejected 2000 times. 2000 times yeah but now he's famous i I mean i don't i'm just like 2000 times i I could probably go 10 maybe but 2000 uh i don't know go that too long i know i like how she so she defines grit so here's the what what is grit grit is passion and perseverance for long-term goals one way to think about grit is to consider what grit isn't grit isn't talent grit isn't luck Grit isn't how intensely for the moment you want something. Instead, grit is about having what some researchers call an ultimate concern, a goal you care so much that is that it organizes and gives meaning to almost everything you do. And grit is holding steadfast to that goal, even when you fall down, even when you screw up, even when progress towards that goal is halting or slow. So that goes with this Japanese saying, fall seven, rise eight. I like that. And in this book is where we found the Teddy Roosevelt quote that you had. You should take a picture of that and put it on the website there. The oh, yeah. Facebook that because we have on our wall. Yeah, you did that for your husband. Another thing it says. Uh, so she tells a parable, which everybody's probably heard this, but me, I hadn't heard it. The bricklayer parable. And she says the first bricklayer. I am laying bricks. So he has a job. He just says, I'm laying bricks. When someone comes and asks him what he's doing. The second bricklayer, he says, I am building a church. So he has a career. And then the third bricklayer, when they, someone asks him what he's doing, he said, I am building the house of God. So he has a calling. Yeah, a purpose. And they're yes. all doing the same thing. But who do you think's doing it with joy? and glee i mean you know that's the difference in any job you could be sacking groceries but if you think i'm doing this to help people you're never going to put the eggs in first never yes mm-hmm. and put the jar or of spaghetti <laughs> on top of the egg you won't do that but i don't think uh, we have that purpose you know and she quotes that's one of her quotes at its core the idea of purpose is the idea that what we do matters to people other than ourselves so that's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's that the purpose is when we're thinking of other people. It says that optimistic, of course, I always go in from the teacher side, but she's, she has a lot to do in her book for teachers. 
and parents, but it says optimistic teachers were grittier and happier and got their students to achieve more during a school year. Because gritty teachers look for ways to get the uncooperative students help, get them on, get them on board. And I think that's, that's what you've got to do. I mean, everybody, you can get them on board. You just have to go in the window, go in the door, go in a vent. You, you got to go in different ways. You can't always be, it's not as easy as one, two, three, ABC, like the Jackson said. And I, and <laughs> I think that's why you are such a successful teacher is because you're not a cookie cutter teacher. You don't teach the same way as you did the year before. You don't have everything laid out where it's easy, which would be easier to do that. Then you know exactly what you're going to do. You definitely customize it to your class. And I know because I've been, I've, I was a student for two years. So I've experienced that, That's which is extremely difficult as a teacher to do, but it's extremely effective. And everyone comes away a better person because of how you teach. So, it, and that's what... You have a lot of grit, and it takes a lot of grit to do that. Well, so. I, I think, yeah, this, this one, I've had people say, you taught school for 40 years. What are you, nuts? But she said, the grittier an individual, the fewer career changes they're likely to make. And I said, well, mm-hmm. that may be. But I, I'm like you said, I only taught one year, and then I taught another year, so they weren't all alike. I don't think I could have done it if I had had the same year, 40 mm-hmm. years. But I had different years, so... That makes you think of it differently. Like you have two boys. And so you, after the first boy, you said, yeah, I'm a parent now. I know what to do. And then you got another. Are they alike? No, they're opposites. Yeah. And that's the same way with I've heard people say, well, you, you, you have 20 kids, but they're all doing the same thing. I said, well, if they're all doing the same thing, I'm not a very good teacher. Because they all need to be reading different books and doing all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, what? how you t- discipline Jonah might not be the same way that you would discipline Titus because they're different. Mm-hmm. That's what your brother didn't like about, because the youngest one, Cam, I mean, he didn't need as many, uh, <laughs> as many thrashings as the brother who wanted to play in the street. I was yeah. just like, okay, well, he was a safety conscious kid. So I don't know. It's funny to me that I think maybe Dan Pink had a book on drive and he talks about uh, internal motivation and external motivation and all that. And I'm thinking this would help people to realize you've got to have a purpose. Yes. And if you go back and you remember that there was a football player and he had a half a foot Mm -hmm. and he was a kicker. Yes. And someone interviewed him and said, how can you do that? And he said, I, give it all I've got. I put my whole body into it. But I think we're a little bit afraid to do that because if we fail, then what can we do? I think that's true. And, and I think we are just so distracted. I think there's so much out there and so much comparison out there. It's hard, you know, and, and I don't know, but even with like the Enneagram, when you're, when you're looking for your number, you don't want to be your number. You want to be all the you want to you want to pick your number. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So at, at some point, it becomes just accepting who you are, and I think that's the challenge. I think we all have something we're passionate about. We may not know it. We have to find it, and part of that is just self acceptance. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is who I am, and and go with that. So, and how can I grow that? So this works just in tandem with growth mindset. It does. It really does. I mean, because setbacks derail the people that have fixed mindsets. They don't know what to do. 
But if you have a growth mindset, you're dusting yourself off. You're thinking, how can I do better? So growth mindset and grit, they just go together. So you, you're praising, not you're praising for effort and you're praising for learning, but not natural talent. Oh, you're just so talented. Well, when they make a mistake, then they're not talented anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It just sounds uh, hard to do at first because I, I will be, I didn't know all this when you guys were growing up. But I, I did, my love language was acts of service. So you got a lot of praise when you were doing things, you know. So I, I think if we just go through the Finnish, the Finnish word is sisu, and it means inner strength. And that's what we want our kids to have. And that's what we want to have ourselves. For sure. Sisu. And the Finnish say, they, they say they're the grittiest country. And they may be. I mean, I, I, it's cold there. So, you know, they may be. But sisu, they've got a lot. It's supposed to be happy over there, too. So maybe they have a lot of grit because you just don't analyze it and say, oh, poor pitiful me. Oh, tell about your uh, drama triangle. What what were you saying about that? Um, it's, OK, so the drama triangle, I was listening to um, a Zoom call the other day. They were talking. It's about mindset. And so in a drama triangle, there's a victim there's a persecutor and there's a rescuer and sometimes this can be three people sometimes you can be all three in one um and and basically that's you know you kind of stay in the circle of drama things aren't really getting done it's you know someone's someone's causing a problem there's a victim and then someone's called in to kind of rescue and i think we've all probably we we've all been in each one of these roles we've all experienced being one of the, you know, in all of these roles. So, uh, and, but the positive side of that is if we can move over to the empowerment triangle, which is where there's a, a creative, there's a challenger and there's a coach. And this is much more encouraging. This is much more of like, uh, this is the gritty side where yeah. it's, you know, where it's like, there's no excuses where on the victim side, it's like, well, I can't do that because I had a bad childhood or I can't do that because I, Went through COVID. Whatever. COVID. I, I yeah. can't do it because I, I I'm a COVID kid. I didn't, I was out of school for six months. <laughs> so yeah. on the other side, which I, I like this, uh, his name's Jason Vinson. And, um, but he, he says on this empowerment side, these, these coaches, the challenger, the creative, they, they solve for yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm like, yeah, solve for yes. On this other side, we're just, we are rehashing what happened or something you know you're not over really and an over, over again like he also I, have, I, I think that that is the contrast there is really good yes he also says don't don't bring me a baby with a dirty diaper change the baby's dirty diaper and that's what it is when someone comes to you with a bunch of drama like they're bringing you this baby this baby with a dirty diaper take it you know it's like you change that's your baby change the dirty diaper and on this other side in the parent side it's not that people don't come with issues but it's not like we're not solving their problems. We're just, we're asking good questions. We're empowering them to, to take responsibility basically. And move forward. And move it's forward. always moving Solve forward. For yes. Yeah. And not letting the problems define you and keep going because uh, in, in there, I think there was a quote in her book and it was talking about how routines are a godsend when doing something hard. And I said, but you could get into a bad routine 
Oh, yeah. Good routines, like, okay, you come home, you do your homework, you go outside and play. That would be a good routine. But if you talk about everything bad that happened that, and you rehash that over and over, then you're getting in that triangle that could go round and round instead of go create something. And, and uh, I, I just thought there was an Olympic coach in here that she interviewed all these people. And he said, if you try, you can embrace challenge rather than fear it. So if you try, you, you know, but we got to try because I think it's natural to say, I've never done this before. So I'm scared. I'm a little worried, but then just stop and go past it. So uh, she talks about deliberate practice. You, you practice deliberately. And that's what you were talking about earlier about daily. Yes. So it's not, I mean, even if you read one Bible verse a day and just concentrated on that, you, you, you're doing something in a forward way instead of getting into um, drama, you know, I'm exactly. thinking move forward I, in, in, um, elementary school, we call that the power of yet. Well, I, you know, yes. I can't write in cursive and I say yet, yet. Yeah. The power of yet, which and, we've mentioned that before. Adding on to what you said earlier that about, you're talking about habits and things. The, the thing is, and I think, I, I think it was Dr. Leaf who was talking about our brain and how it's, it wants to be efficient. It oh, wants that's to true. make habits. Mm-hmm. So you are literally making habits whether you want to or not. So if you're not intentional, well, you're going to make bad habits. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, so it's in making intentional effort. You got to decide what do you want your life to be? What do I want this to look like? And then work backwards. And, and the other thing that to add on to what you said was just that growth and grit and all that comes from being uncomfortable in our society, we're all about comfort. You know, we're about convenience mm-hmm. and comfort. And so it's, I like her book because it's about, okay, this isn't comfortable. You know, developing grit is not easy. It's not comfortable. Uh, it doesn't come with a pretty bow. Yeah, that goes and, with uh, Mark's book, The Joy of Tension. The Joy of Tension, Which you pointed yes. out. I mean, that's not his book, but the chapter that went, dealt with the joy of tension. But isn't it interesting? I was telling my husband the other day, I can't remember, we were driving through something and there was a kind of a newer area, but it looked kind of dilapidated. And I was like, I feel like building is a lot easier than man- maintaining. Oh, that is I feel so like, good. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, my goodness. Yes. And I feel like our culture, we have a throwaway culture. We'll build it, use the crap out of it, and then just leave it or throw it away and go build something else. When in actuality, let's maintain it. But that's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It so. is. It's hard. Nobody wants to maintain it because it is something you don't see. Like in the Bible recap today, it told about, I mean, we're in these genealogies, but it tells about all the people who made this possible. And there's people who make the bread for them on their, their religious days and all that. Well, those people don't get really accolades because nobody sees them. Yes. But if you're building something, you know, it's like the, the it's, it's almost like I remember your dad would always wait till I came into the kitchen before he pushed the dishwasher button like I'm doing something, you know, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm here, you know. So it's kind of like people want to be seen. Yes. You know, and if you see, oh, there wasn't a coffee shop there. Now there's a coffee shop. Hey, I think that's why there's this, uh, I, I don't know, if, if obsession, but good marketing or what about renovating everything you had a kitchen for five years let's renovate it let's renovate it because it's easy to renovate it's it's not easy but it's cool 
to renovate clean, uh, nobody's going to pat you on the back. No, nobody's going <laughs> to pin a badge on you for just cleaning. I'll Although I will say, it. I do love the trend of renovating downtown areas instead of just building outside. So yeah. that I feel like is cool. I feel like that's where, you know, that goes back to maintaining because it is actually more expensive to renovate an old building than to build a new one, which is baffling to me. But that's why most people just build something new instead of renovate these old buildings. So I am glad to see that kind of trending a little bit. Well, that was probably being done by Optimus because it says that Optimus tend to think there's something to learn in every setback. So they're thinking, well, this didn't work, but how can we make it work? We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, how can we give a new face? This is interesting. And I can't remember what part of the book it was on, but I drew a little copy of it. And it talks about parenting, how there's supportive parents, demanding parents, unsupportive and undemanding. And how wise parenting goes in the quadrant between supportive and demanding. That's wise uh, parenting. And that's, that's what the biblical quadrant would where that's where that would be you you have to expect you have to have high expectations and you have to but you're not authoritarian which would be unsupportive and demanding Mm -hmm. and you're not neglectful which is undemanding and unsupportive that's the parents that just aren't plugged in at all and you're not permissive which would be undemanding and supportive yes you're overly supportive which i would say that might be a helicopter parent Yes. Just, I'm supporting you. We're there. We're there. We're there. And they can act ugly. Because when I see a kid tell a parent that they hate them and that, you you know, that they're throwing a box of cereal across us because they won't get a box of cereal. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, really? You're not getting any cereal for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's how my, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, whoa. And I think another thing that she doesn't address in her book, but I've seen it in, in my lifetime you have a gritty kid but you have parents that aren't gritty that's bad Mm -hmm. because the parents are going to lose and the kid's in control and he's eight years old and he doesn't need to be in control Mm -hmm. but I've seen that happen over and over again when you when a parent starts a conversation with I can't get him to do this I can't I'm like okay first of all why are we starting there yes you know and because you're the parent Mm mm-hmm You have to have that, you know, you, and that was, you know, I'm just like, I loved what John Wooden said and um, famous basketball coach, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's courage that counts. That's good. So we're going to make mistakes. And even if you win, I like when he said success is never final. You're not, you might not win the next game. Mm -hmm. And and see, failure is never fatal. fatal. I Uh, love it. The, MMA coach that we go to, he says that he said, failure is your friend. Like, and, and fail, he says fail is the first attempt at learning. So yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be afraid of failing. Embrace it. Yeah. Embrace it. And then think, because that's your first step forward. You're thinking, okay, what do I need to do? What, what can I learn? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? You know, I, I think it's important that, um, uh, we don't, oh, yeah, there was a Latin word. This is interesting. It's not about triumphing over others. The Latin word compete literally means strive together. How cool is that? That is cool. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I said, are you serious? Yeah, because that's not what I thought it meant. <laughs> that is so not what I thought it meant. Yeah, I did not know that. 
and then there's uh, she has a part there where she goes and visit the Seahawks coach and um, he says starting strong is easy finishing strong means consistently focusing and doing your absolute best and then it went through no whining no complaining no excuses and the reason I think they don't want that is number one it's contagious Mm-hmm. And number two, that takes energy, as Dr. Lee said, a negative thought goes through your whole body. Yes. So you are hurting yourself if, if you do that, you know, and you're and hurting the, those around you. And the thing is, it is a habit. So if you can get in the habit of being positive, it'll be way easier. But it takes, if you've been in the habit of this negative mindset of automatically thinking negative things, it, it's a lot more difficult, but not, not impossible to change your mindset and, and, start really being intentional about your thought life that is so true that is and then it becomes automatic well i had a lesson just yesterday with my class and i put up we we looked up philippians 4 8 and i said guys god tells us what to think about it's in the whatevers so you're supposed to think about this and they looked it up we listed them on the board and i just put the first letter of all of those and whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just pure, lovely, commendable. So that's what we're supposed to think about. If you're on the playground and you start wanting to talk bad about somebody, that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not honorable. That's not just. So you not, he gave us a compass and come back to that. And just like you could also uh, throw in the fruit of the spirit here. Because if you good. want the fruit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you have to, as you said, train your brain. Train your brain. Train your brain. Yeah. Grit isn't everything at the end of the book. She tells you this. So this kind of goes in. I mean, this, I mean, she it's well-written because the whole book's about grit, but at the end she says, grit isn't everything that you need to grow and flourish because she says morality trumps all other aspects of character and importance. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be a part of the problem in our society because we've, we've thrown morality under the bus. Mm Mm-hmm. We just, you know, lie, cheat, steal, whatever to get what you want. It's all about Mm -hmm. what I want instead about purpose and integrity and all that. So she brings that in. And I really appreciate, uh, I mean, it's, oh, she did a fabulous job. I mean, amazing. And at the end, she quotes this writer and I hadn't heard of him, but it it was kind of funny because he said, writing is failure over and over again. And he talks about it and he goes through it, says like, I pick up a pencil, I write something and I come back the next day and read it. It's terrible. And I try to improve it. I come back and read it the next day. It's not quite as bad, but it's still pretty bad, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he talks about, and I said, that's an analogy for our life. So let's say it's a train wreck. Well, fix something. And then the next day, fix a little bit more. And then, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Like those, you're right about them. Uh, Dr. Leaf, we can retrain our brain, but you're also right. You got to do it daily and you do have to work at it. Yes. That's that habit book, the power of habit, because it's very powerful, but you don't make a habit in a day. No. And it's, it's consistency. And that, that is extremely difficult, but that is grit, that consistency, perseverance. I also that- liked. She said that do not let temporary setbacks become permanent excuses. Ooh, that's good. So, which is easy to do. But I, again, because you brought up the, tri- the triangle thing too, that 
that falls in the victim. If you're on that victim side, that will become a permanent excuse if you are a victim. If you're on the other triangle, the empowerment triangle, then that setback is going to be a a learning opportunity. And you can kind of see that like on social media, on Facebook. Some people just post positive stuff and then some people just negative. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, you can get on whatever train you want to get on, but really the healthy one would be the positive. Yes. Because you can spiral out, you know. Oh, yeah. But I, I would encourage everybody. You said this is one book that you, you listen to the audio. Yes, I did. And um, I, I would I probably need to go back and read it like as a physical version. But even just listening to audio, like. there's so much I got just from listening to audio. (laughs) So I'm like, there's probably a ton that I missed, but what, like I said, we use a lot of her stuff in our daily uh, family vocabulary of just staying consistent. And we're trying to teach our boys that uh, uh, this, that whole thing, uh, being consistent, maintaining, it's like having grit, not quitting on a bad day, all those things. So well, could you read the Roosevelt quote? Because I know you have it hanging in your office. Yeah. Um, and this is Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena. The man in the arena is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the, de- the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in the worthy cause, who at the, ver- who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he falls, at least, or if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Ooh, that is so powerful. Yes. I mean, I just think that you got to get your hands dirty. And and I think that the other thing too is don't listen to the people in the stands who are throwing tomatoes. If you're in the arena, there's going to be a lot of criticism. If you're, if you're doing something, if you're working something out or you're, you know, you have a goal, you're working, there's going to be people throwing tomatoes at you. Don't listen to the people in the stands who don't who aren't in there. Listen, but don't listen. Don't shut everyone off. There's people who are in the arena who can give you constructive criticism, you know, who can mm-hmm. who, who want to help you, who say, you know what? It looks like this isn't working for you, but you might try that. So it's good to listen to people who are in the arena. Positive. So, positive. There's positive, positive feedback. Yes. Those coaches, like it was in the positive triangle, your coaches you want to listen to. One that the Seahawks coach said, it's about pushing beyond what you can do today so that tomorrow you're just a little bit better. Yes. And be and happy I, with those baby steps of improvement, you know, just a little bit better. And we need coaches because coaches, they see potential. Mm-hmm. And I think being a teacher, you're being a coach because you see the potential in your students and they don't even see it. And you say, I know you can do better. I know you can reach this level. And just by someone believing in you and saying, that's extremely positive. And that helps you get to a level that you thought that you couldn't even get to. 
So I, I had a little girl that wrote me, she typed out this letter and she said, thank you for uh, leading me to read books that I thought I never would be able to read. I'm a harder book. You know, kids in third grade, they want to read the hard books. She's a fourth mm-hmm. grader, but she said, because of you, I'm reading books that I never thought. She read Anna, she read Anne of Green Gables. I thought so, you were going to say Anna Carell's book. Yeah. <laughs> she started saying Anne. I was like, uh, Anna Carell. <gasps> no, we're not there yet. So. <laughs> dare to dream. Dare to dream. Finish, finish strong. That would be finishing strong, wouldn't it? <laughs> but Anna no. Green Gables is a lofty goal for a poet oh, writer. I love Anna Green Gables. No, that's a great, that's a great book. So, so does she. She said, I love Anne with an E. So we kind of joke about that all the time. So, and I mean, and her brother is a reader too. So it's, how cool is that to have a brother that's a reader? You know, that is cool. So, I think that we just, uh, you know, in this, I hear a lot of people say, well, it's springtime. You know, they just want to kind of just goof off at school, but I'm saying finish strong. I want to finish mm-hmm. strong. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I mean, you have a summer and I want kids to have a summer, but I I don't want the summer to start while we're still going to school. I still want to learn, you know, keep going. That's my, of course, you know, I consider, I'm like in, in her book, if anybody's a Steve Young fan, she goes all into his life. And his parent, my and my brother, I actually loaned it to my brother because he loves Steve Young. Uh, what is he, a 49er quarterback? Mm-hmm. But and it, he, he gives all the credit to his parents because they, they were just, they were in that quadrant. They were supportive and demanding, but they also let him stand on his own two feet when he had to go away and he wanted to be at home and it was hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think being that parent in that quadrant is probably the hardest quadrant to be in supportive and demanding because you don't want to be the parent that says no you can't have uh you can't have four ice cream cones no Mm -hmm. you can't you know you want to be the one that just the fun one oh yeah sure go ahead have another one (laughs) (laughs) to see if you know who this is who am i born in 1866 my mom died when i was six dad was abusive he finally abandoned the family i was sent to a home for the poor it was dirty and run down my brother died, uh, but I finished in 1886 as valedictorian, and this is a quote, duty bids us go forth into an active life. Let's go cheerfully, hopefully, and earnestly, and set ourselves to find our essential part. When we have found it, willingly and faithfully perform it for every obstacle we overcome, every success we achieve tends to bring man closer to God. It's good. Yeah. My first thought was Abraham Lincoln. No? No, it's not somebody that's that well-known. Okay. Not like Ben Franklin or anything? No. Okay, who is it? Ann Sullivan. Oh, I was thinking, boy, that's funny. Oh, wow. I threw you a curveball there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, when she was sent to a home for the poor, you know, that basically she had to have eye surgery for herself because she had a eye disease, but that's kind of was really an asylum. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which they don't really have those anymore much, you know, but uh, for her, I mean, think of the devastation uh, in her, when I read her bio is like, she would go down in the basement to get away from people because everybody was crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But on a side note, there was a kind cook 
who would find her if they made cookies or something like that. So, I mean, I guess food within reason, she would find her in the basement and take her a sweet treat occasionally if they made something. But I said, in that little bit of kindness, uh, I do remember when we lived in Azle, Texas, uh, there was a lady across the street who I don't even know who she was. She would leave my brother and I uh, waffles on Sunday morning in some tinfoil on our porch. Wow. And I, I'm just thinking like she knew, she said, those kids need a perk. We need a perk. And I said, and to this day, guess what? I really like waffles. Mm -hmm. I just think waffles are the best. <laughs> That's why Adventures with Waffles is a great book. <laughs> and, you know, I just think like you're right. That's the act of the acts of kindness have a lot more weight than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it makes me think of that unbroken story. Uh, or unbroken book that we read, which was a true story when he was in this prison and stuff, it, he almost survived on little acts of kindness. And, and sometimes mm -hmm. he wouldn't get it for a year, but then when someone, one of the enemy would show a little act, of, it's almost like there is hope for humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and Oh, that's a good one to end on sis. Cause what a grit, what a gritty guy. Oh, extremely gritty. Yeah. A true life example of grits. Ann Sullivan could be the girl and let's let Louie be the boy. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, and that's a wrap on Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. If you haven't read it, we highly recommend it. I would definitely say a must read for anyone who's, who's wanting to grow in grit or just have a growth mindset, anything like that. And with kids, I really read it more for my kids. Like, what, how do I want my kids to have grit and what can I do? And she, anyway, the book's full of great ideas. And so highly recommend it. And we will see you on the next one. Keep those pages turning and those book lights burning. <laughs>